You're listening to Her Path to Success, a podcast to empower women to pursue a career that aligns with their passions and core values. We encourage women to show up, take actions, and thrive in their own ways. If you're looking to get inspired and expand your mind, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Her Path to Success. A podcast that encourages you to find your career happiness and create your best life. I'm your host Peggy Wu. Today we're chatting with April Fraser, the founder and CEO of Forward Confidence Coaching. April is a confidence coach and serial entrepreneur. She calls herself a lane changer who left her full-time job as an entrepreneur to create a life that she loves. April helps others reinvent themselves, translate their skills from one discipline to another, and learn to turn their weaknesses into strengths, so that they can sustainably launch and grow their purpose-driven business. Before starting her coaching business, April was in technology for 18 years as a software developer and led a team. Being a woman of color. April thought studying computer science and being a software developer was the right career strategy. April is here to tell her story about how she left her job in technology and answered her calling. She will also share with us how to develop more confidence. Let me introduce you to April Fraser. Hi, April. Thank you for being here. Please tell us more about yourself. Hi, I'm so happy to be here, Peggy. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you today. Always good to be with good vibes, good people, <laughs> talking about impactful things in the world. You know,、um, my name is April Fraser. I'm a confidence coach. I am the founder of Forward Confidence Coaching, and I am in Gainesville, Virginia. I live here with my husband.、Um, I coach full time, and I also have a podcast. Um, where we talk about healthy eating、um, and why it's so difficult and how people can can get unstuck. Most of the time, I spend my time working with women who women entrepreneurs and and women executives, women in leadership positions, helping them to step fully into their confidence.、Um, for entrepreneurs, we also talk about、um, how to create. The business that they're looking for, but not just、uh, creating a business, but creating a business that serves them, not one that allows that that they're in service to,、um, in an oppressive way, and that can be really challenging sometimes for women because we know how to do so many things.、Um, and so I work with uh, leadership, uh, women in leadership, to to unpack what's keeping them stuck and how to help them to move forward. And I love it. Peggy, I love it. I love it. I love it.、Um, I wasn't always doing this. I started as a software developer. I went to school, got a computer science degree,、um, and it was the kind of thing that I did because they said, as a woman, it would be challenging for me.、Um, as a woman of color,、um, it was there weren't very many. This was、um, in the '90s. There weren't very many women like me,、um, and so I did it kind of as a dare, like because you said I can't. I'm gonna show you that I can. Um, and I did. I got the degree. I got the job. I also was looking for stability, and I figured they told me that I would always have a job. 
because computers are, will always be with us, technology, and me being um, what <laughs> my friends have called a double M, a double minority, um, it made it easy for, for me to, to step into that space. But it was not an easy path. It absolutely was something that I chose um, for very strategic reasons, and it worked. Um, by the time I, I had been working in technology for 18 years, uh, developing software, leading teams, um, scrum mastering. Um, and I knew though in year one, like I remember the first year that I got my real, my real full-time job out of school and um, I went to Jamaica on vacation and floated in the ocean for days. And it was amazing. It was like perfect weather and perfect water and perfect food and perfect vibe and perfect meat. I mean, it was just, it was everything. And I came back to my desk at work and I just cried, just cried because I, I realized I had that contrast moment of like, I am not doing what I love, although I didn't know what it was that I love. But the idea being that I had such a contrast and I remember sitting at my desk and I just cried. And it was at that moment that I realized that I wasn't truly doing what I loved, but I didn't have any other way. I just spent this money to get, I had, I had scholarships. I had just finished school I just, and it was not easy. Um, and so I didn't make a lane change then because I didn't know how to make a lane change and it didn't seem possible. I didn't know what I wanted, but I was very clear that I, I knew I wasn't on my path. So fast forward 18 years, I stay, I do it, I get through it. Uh, the money is good. Um, I have, you know, I'm supposed to be happy and for all intents and purposes. I have everything. I have, I have the husband, I have a house, I have the job, I have the car, I travel, I do the things uh, that I'm supposed to do. Um, and then that relationship evaporated, that um, we got divorced and I started to really think about my life and I don't have children and I started to think about my life and I started to think about um, this was my time this was like my moment a wedge experience if you will where my life had been continuing in one linear way and then there was this wedge experience that was deeply emotional and also deeply illuminating where it challenged I started to challenge everything that I was doing and I started to get really clear about what I wanted. And it was at that time that I was exploring and I started to look at coaching. I started with looking at health coaching because I was that person. I've been coaching my whole life without knowing that. That's a word for that. They would actually pay for that. <laughs> they don't even know. That's me all day. Um, and my family will tell you that I was always a person like, no, dad, listen, you can't have the soda. So it's not good for you. It's, like, it's too much sugar. And so I went in this direction of health coaching and then I started doing that and it felt still too small. And then I got introduced to some uh, to a coach that I worked with and uh, he broke my brain and busted open my mind about what was possible. And it was in that moment that I said, okay, this is something that I have to at least try. And, and it, in fairness, I started doing a bunch of things that I'd never done before. I, I learned to swim. I learned to speak French. I traveled to Europe. I went for three weeks. Um, I never, I never really stepped out of a shell. I had been playing small for my, almost my entire life. And without even knowing it, that's the part that kind of, uh, I think about now. And I, I, it surprises me, you know, because like, 
I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was playing so small. And it's that it's from that place that when I talk with women um, who have a sense that they want something more, they have a sense of it, but they don't know what it is. And maybe they feel like they can't because you know, in certain reasons, my, my, hus- my husband, my house, my kids, my job, they have a reason that they, it's kind of comfortable to slap on why they can't go bigger. That's, that's my secret sauce is identifying that and helping women who want to recognize actually the possibilities here are bigger. You may just not be able to see them. You might need help. And I started to play in that space. I started to, I took the approach of um, instead of going to school, like I'd done before, I'd gone to school, get your education and then go and you know get the job. I started to study with some of the best coaches that I could find. That was the approach that I took as an entrepreneur and as a coach. And my brain just regularly expanded and expanded and expanded. And I found that, or I should say this, what I do today is, is what I love. This is the path that I'm, feels right for me, feels aligned for me. And that's what I get to do. <laughs> and it feels amazing. Thank you for sharing that, April. And, you know, I'm just listening to your story. And I really want to ask you, how did you know that you were playing small? How did you realize that? And how did you muster up the courage to leave a stable and familiar job? It's, it's interesting because, as I said, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that I was playing small. I was doing what I was told to do. I was what was socially acceptable to do. And check the boxes. Get, go to school, get the job, get married, you know, start a family if you want one. I, I'd never had that feeling. Um, and, you know, build wealth and get your 401k and work to your 65. But having that wedge experience of getting my heart broken, honestly, um, I, it, it's like a lid came off and it was only in the retrospective that I was so clear that I had been playing small for so long because I would, in, without the context of this other person, I would go to parties now, I'd go different places and I realized, oh, I have my own dynamic. Like, like I, I'm an introvert naturally and, um, I would kind of recede. I would just kind of let people lead. That was the life that I was, I was accustomed, I kind of built for myself, whereas I just let other people lead and I was very receiving. So I would hold space for people. That was my natural MO. And then I started to realize, oh, I have my own vibe. I have my own thing. People actually like me. Like genuinely, I would show up places and when I turned up, it wasn't um, offensive to anybody. People weren't like, oh, okay, you're too much. I was afraid of being too much. And I didn't realize that I was afraid of being too much, air quote. Um, and so I started to turn up. It was actually, I went to a coaching experience with the one of the coaches that I follow. And one of the exercises there was about turning up. And at first I'm like, what is this woo-woo stuff that they're talking about? I mean, I come out of technology, okay? So you have to prove stuff and you have to tell computer explicitly what to do. So this was a whole nother like open field where you couldn't qualify and couldn't, you know, quantify. And it was just like, what do you feel? And I'd always been socialized or at least from my background, that's the decisions that I had made consciously or subconsciously have been, you know, do things that are logical, air quote, do things that are sensible. Do, do the right thing, air quote, all this in air quote. And without ever stepping back to say, oh, actually, is this right for me though? Or is this, 
why does it have to be logical? The wedge experience also introduced to me something that I hadn't authorized to be real for me, which was intuition. I spent a lot of time in a logical headspace and my profession supported that. It should be logical, it should make sense. It should be binary, it's, it's right or it's wrong, air quote. And having that wedge experience opened up my intuition in such a way that I was shocked how highly intuitive I was. Honestly, Peggy, that's not a word I, I would have been like, well, that's some woo-woo uh, tree hugger stuff. Like, that's not real. Um, until I had this experience and then I started to go on this journey and I started to do things I'd never done before. And, and then I started to realize how impactful intuition is. And then there became a spar with me because intuition was really loud. I remember the first day that I, I left, the day that I was leaving my job, my nine to five, I decided I was gonna quit. I lined up all of my steps, right? And I, all of my steps. I thought it would take me three months to get my first client and be like, go. Because I, when I left my job, I had no email list, no clients, no business name, nothing. I just knew, I woke up one morning and I was like, I cannot stay. I cannot. How do I get myself out? Now, Peggy, this is, remember, logical April at this time is like, this doesn't make sense. You don't quit a job without having another job. Three months, how do you know that three months is going to be enough? Will you have reserves? The whole gamut of conversation. And yet, intuition was so strong for me that it was very loud and clear for me, like, you are not going to, and said to me, and said to me, I don't mean like a voice talked to me, but I just felt the feeling so strong that you will not understand what's next. You still have to take the jump. And that was not a place that I ever would have played before because it wasn't logical. It wasn't something I could explain. Um, so I lined up all my steps. I talked with my friends. All my friends were super supportive. Yes, do it. You got it. Whatever you need to do, like, yes, it sounds great. I think you'd be a great coach. You've been doing, you've been coaching me, blah, 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 blah. And all of this um, reinforcement, if you will. And I remember the day I went to the job and I, and I announced that I was leaving and it was like a weight came off. The, and the day, two weeks later, the next day I woke up after I quit, I never missed it. Um, and I think, you know, I believe that we all arrive in our own time and always right on time. So I sometimes wanna go back and say, you should have left sooner, goodness. <laughs> April, I love that. I love what you just said. We will all arrive on our own time and always right on time. So I want to ask you, based on your own experience, what does having more confidence feel like? And what do you suggest to women who want to develop more confidence? Yeah, um, Confidence is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, so confidence is a feeling and you can't, it's not something you can, it's not something, it's like falling in love. You can't say, I'm, I want to fall in love today. I'm going to find someone to fall in love with <laughs> or this week or this month. It doesn't work like that. The moment you try to focus on how can I fall in love is the moment you just push it farther away. Um, what I would say about confidence is that 
it is an intrinsic sense that you have everything you need in this moment to answer the challenge ahead. And that's not something you get. Some people have it intrinsically, like are, are socialized with it or born with it. I, I feel like my family and my friends would tell you I was kind of always kind of a strong, confident person. But I will say also as being a coach, doing something new, I lacked confidence in this new thing that I was doing. So I would say that confidence is not a destination. It, it, is, um, it is a journey. And the thing that helps to develop confidence, honestly, the antidote to fear, the antidote to doubt, the antidote to feeling to imposter is really action. Um, it's awareness of how, of how you feel, awareness of the thoughts that are producing that feeling and get in action. We sometimes feel that we have to be motivated to act, but actually the action can help us be motivated to, to take the next step. And so I advocate for help, ask for help, absolutely get aware of what you're, what's holding you back from having the confidence. Because a lot of times when we get to the bottom of it, someone else has given us some conditioning, some thoughts of that we're not enough if we don't do, or we're not, we're not smart enough, we're not beautiful enough, we don't know enough. I can't tell you how many female entrepreneurs I talk to that they say they're starting a business, but they're like, well, I should just go get some more credentials. I should go get a coaching program or I should go make sure I have some letters behind my name. And the fact is that, sure, if that's what you wanna do, fine, but that's not gonna give you confidence. What gives a person confidence in, especially when you're doing something new is, is doing it. Um, a lot of new parents, for example, don't have confidence. It's a scary experience to have a, a, a child. And I can imagine, I just had a friend's kid for two hours and I'm like, will I break him? <laughs> um, but I also don't have a lot of experience with small children, right? So if I did, then I, I have more of an intuitive development and more experience. So the other thing I would say is that um, skill and confidence rise together. So how do you develop skill? Get in action. Um, as you develop skill, your confidence will rise. Until that point, you kind of just have to do it scared and give yourself the space that you're going to make mistakes, just like working any new job. If that's what's happening, you're doing something new, you're working a new job, you don't, no one expects you to start a new job that you've never done before and suddenly have all the answers. But sometimes in our own heads, and especially I find this for high-functioning, high-performing women, we feel like we, we're afraid to mess it up and we have to like know all the stuff right away. And it's really a, a great disservice to us because no one else expects that. Everyone else expects that we're going to grow into it, that we're going to learn, that we're going to ask questions, that we're going to fail, and that's okay. So I think it's really important to, to point that point out, that, that skill and confidence will rise together, get in action. And that's what I advocate for, get in action. And if you're feeling a sense of procrastination or doubt or worry or all the feelings that may be keeping you from taking the massive action, then reach out and ask for help so you can clear those blocks. Because if there's something that you're, so, you're, you're, you're really craving to do, something you know you need to do, and yet there's something in the way, and that's a great opportunity for you to learn something and grow and then use that as an, an opportunity to grow that confidence in the skill by action. 
April, you probably hear this question a lot, and I'm wondering, what do you tell women who already have a full-time job and the responsibility to raise a family, and also wish to start a business? What do you tell them? How do you help them to do all that? Biggest thing I would say I hear in my own coaching practice. Again, we're talking about high-performing, high-functioning women who do everything for everybody else. They manage the kids and the house and the home and the, the day job and the aging parents. They we're talking about people who slay to quote Beyonce. Okay, slay all day, and yet all of a sudden they can't do this thing for themselves. So there are several things that come up, and that is one. There's a sense of we are sometimes socialized as women that it's okay to do things for other people, but not and, and sacrifice ourselves. And certainly it feels good to serve others. It feels good to support others. It feels good to give, certainly. Um, and at the same time, there needs to be balance because just like inhaling and exhaling, you need both. And sometimes I find that the, the many times in fact, the scale is skewed that we only know how to exhale with our love and giving and all the things we don't actually know how to receive. So that's the first thing I would say, notice if you have trouble receiving, if you have trouble saying no, if you have trouble asking for help, those are all good markers that there's something more happening than just get in action. You can't get in action until you deal with the expression of, I'll just say, is the mind trash. <laughs> deal with the mind trash first. And then you can get in the place to clarify um, what's next and how. The second thing I would say is you need help. No one arrives alone. No one on any journey. No one ever arrives at any meaningful journey alone. Parents, it's good if you have help. <laughs> um, if you have a business. And, and really having a business is a kind of baby, right? Because you, you very much will take it seriously. You need help. And so you have to be able to ask for that. And that's one thing that I characteristically and generally speaking, I find um, women who are driven have trouble asking for help. That means, yes, you need to invest in help. It may cost money, sure. And it's going to require you to say no to things. And it's going to require you to sometimes let things fail. Just be, you have to say no to cooking dinner for this time, right? And maybe you figure that out, what that looks like with your family and with your specific situation in order to make time for something else. Um, and it means that dinner may not be made to your satisfaction the way you would do it, but it can still be successful if you allow it to be because you are creating time. That's the other piece. The third thing I would say is that we don't find time. We create time. Everybody has the same amount of time. So there's not really any time to find. You consciously make a choice. You're trading one thing for another that you want and making agreements with the people that you love and making agreements with the people who, that you serve and that, and that who serve you, making agreements so that you're clear about what the trade-offs are going to be and everybody's expectations are set. Number four is knowing is knowing, or maybe not knowing, willing to ask for what you want. There's more, I'm sure, but those are the top things that come to mind. And like, 
in, in helping women to understand that you can create the time, even with a family and a job and, and kids and all those things, it is possible, but there are going to be some significant trade-offs and some mind trash to get rid of and, and some new practices, some new habits to practice in service of the future person that they want to, to create. April, what is your definition of success? I think for me, it means making a meaningful impact on the lives of women to help them see um, that there is more possible for them than they can see at the moment. That said, yes, I need to make money and I need to have a place to stay and all these things. But success for me is really being really anchored to who I am and being really anchored to my purpose and my path and feeling at the end of each day that I have done my best to live into that purpose, to support other people, not just women, men and women, to support other people to live into their purpose and path and to feel good about how they showed up that day. To me, that's success. Beautifully said. Is there anything else that you wish our listeners to know? If there's any person out there that's listening and wanting to start a business or had a side hustle or an idea for a side hustle, I want to invite them to, I want to, I want to just tell them that it's possible and it sounds pretty simple, but there's so much mind trash that keeps us from even identifying, stepping into that, that nagging sense of like, yeah, but there's something more, there's something different, something else. I really wanna invite them, call them, call to action. I invite them, call to action, please. Engage help, ask for help because that nagging sense is real and it deserves to be honored. Even if it's just to be inspected, to become aware more of what that desire is, what it is, you might think you want a business and really you want a baby, but you won't know unless you really turn your attention to it fully and ask for the wisdom from it. That's, that's what I would leave people with is ask for the wisdom from your, your intuition or your sense if you know that there's something calling you forward to do something else. Thank you so much for being here, April. Thank you for having me, Peggy. was April Frazier, the founder and CEO of Forward Confidence Coaching. My biggest takeaways can be summed up by three of April's quotes from today's conversation. Number one, I believe that we would all arrive on our own time and always right on time. Number two, April describes action builds confidence and she said, You have everything you need in this moment to answer the challenge ahead. And number three, confidence is not a destination, it is a journey. For working moms or anyone feeling like they don't have enough time but want to start a business, April's suggestions are, number one, notice if you have trouble receiving and asking for help. Number two, 
Allow yourself to ask for help. No one arrives at a meaningful journey alone. Number three, instead of trying to find time, create time. Be ready to trade one thing for another. Number four, be willing to ask for what you want. If you like today's episode and you want to connect with April, check out her website at forwardcoaching.com, and it's spelled. F R W D C O A C H I N G dot com. I also have her Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn information. I'll leave everything in the show notes. April also has a program called Confidence in Chief, a entrepreneur group coaching program to guide first-time founders from zero dollars to their first. Hundred thousand dollars. So information again will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode or this show, please help me spread the word and subscribe and follow. Thank you so much for listening. Remember that stepping out of your comfort zone to take action is a great way to build your confidence. Start with something small and easy to do, then challenge yourself to do something bigger and a little more uncomfortable. Like April said, confidence is a journey. Your confidence level takes time to grow, and through trying and not giving up, you are cultivating personal growth as well. Wishing all of my listeners great success in this confidence journey. Until next time. Her path to success is here to remind you. Define success your way, not based on what someone else is doing or what others expect of you. Remember that you are worthy, and you have what it takes to succeed.